Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info. Well, after a long weekend, we're back with you to start yet another week on Political Rewind. I'm Bill Nygut. I I really do hope that um, all of you out there found some way to find joy in this very, very unique Thanksgiving holiday weekend uh, that we had. I hope you ate some good food. I hope you got a chance to see the people that you love, whether it was on a Zoom call, whether it was sitting in some safe place uh, looking at each other socially distanced. Uh, I do hope that it was a happy holiday for all of you. Uh, I want to give a shout out right at the top of the show. Our senior producer, Amelia Brock, on Thanksgiving Day became an aunt for the very first time her, bro- her brother's uh, wife Uh, gave birth to Otto Edison Brock, um, a new addition to the Brock family. So congratulations to you, Aunt Amelia. (laughs) Sam Vermes-Dawes started making latkes over the weekend, getting a head start on Hanukkah, practicing up. He said they were a little bit greasy, but he still got 10 days to improve them. So (laughs) at least my team had a, a productive and I think a happy uh, holiday. All right, we have so much uh, to talk about today. Uh, let me introduce the panel and we'll get right to it. Of course, Mondays and Fridays, my partner on the show is AJC lead political writer Jim Galloway, who uh, writes in the Wednesday and Sunday paper and oversees the Political Insider blog at AJC.com. Jim, you had a holiday in a cabin up in the woods, didn't you? Yeah, we went to, to Don Carter State Park and it was just... Uh, my wife and two, da- two daughters and myself, and we had a great time. Uh, uh, just kind of a little, a little pod that, that went abroad slightly. Oh, good for you. Um, Raisa Habersham uh, is back with us. Raisa, have you begun your new job with Savannah Morning News, Savannah Now? I have not. I start December 14th. I'm excited, but I know me, I'll definitely miss home because I'm pretty close to my parents. So. Well, um, we look forward to hearing what you are going to be reporting on when you finally get to uh, Savannah Morning News. Uh, we're joined also today by the former Attorney General of Georgia, Sam Olins. Uh, Sam is now a partner with Denton's, the world's largest law firm. And Sam, you and your wife Lisa had a pretty good holiday, too, I think. Yeah, we went to the uh, beach and had a great time, and I'm still looking forward to Turkey. Okay, well, we'll figure out a way to get you some, Sam. And not, but not, not in the last, but absolutely not least, we're really happy to have back uh, Theron Johnson. Uh, Theron, of course, is the founder and CEO of the Paramount Consulting Group, but he was also has been serving as a senior advisor to the Biden Georgia campaign. And Theron, for you, this was your first Thanksgiving with your new baby. Yeah, it was. It was very exciting, and um, while quiet and small. <laughs> Uh, we really enjoyed it. So thank you, Bill. Oh, I'm glad. I'm very glad. Thank you all for being with me. Today. I want to very quickly point out the calendar that we have coming up, and then we'll get right to the show. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, you have if you're not registered to vote in Georgia and you want to vote in the January 5th runoff, you have until December 1st to do that. So that's a little less than a week. 
Early voting begins on December 14th. People are already applying for absentee ballots. That process has already begun. And I think, and somebody on the panel may correct me if I have this wrong, I think we have nearly 900,000 absentee ballots applied for. And then, of course, the um, actual election, as I said, is on uh, January 5th. And we have a lot to talk about in uh, terms of what's going on with that special U.S. Senate runoff. And Jim Galloway, let me start with a brand new story. President Trump, just before we went on the air, had a brand new tweet that sets us off on a path to talk about what's happening in Georgia. I'm going to read it verbatim. The president's tweet, why won't Governor Brian Kemp, the hapless governor of Georgia, use his emergency powers, which can easily be done, to overrule his obstinate Secretary of State and do a match of signatures on envelopes. It will be a gold mine of fraud, and we will easily win the state. Jim? Uh, okay, uh, where to start with that? Uh, uh, first of all, on the signature <laughs> match, uh, the, signature, uh, the signature match, even if conducted, does not lead you to ballots. Uh, it does. It. It. it yeah. We have secret ballots. So once those once you match the signatures as you take in an absentee ballot, the 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 ballot is itself is separated from the vehicle, which is the envelope, and the two nevermore shall meet by law. It is. It is. It is. It is pretty straightforward. So you have a governor who is. Uh, I mean, a president who is attacking a Republican governor for failing to overturn the will of nearly five million Georgia voters, which is strange enough in itself. Uh, but then you've got uh, you've got him, out. and and you've got Go him coming to uh, uh, allegedly coming to a rally in Georgia. Uh, on Saturday, to push for not just David Perdue, but for Kelly Loeffler, who was picked by Governor Brian Kemp uh, to replace Johnny Isaacson. Um, uh, he sent out a second tweet. I won't read it in, in, its, in, in its entirety, but the end of the second tweet about Georgia is Georgia Republicans are angry. All Republicans are angry. Get it done. Sam, let me play you a soundbite that uh, comes from. Uh, Trump's interview over the weekend with Maria Bartiromo uh, when he did, in fact, talk about Georgia. Let's listen to what he had to say about Brian Kemp on just on Sunday. And they had judges making deals and they had uh, electoral officials making deals like this character in Georgia who's a disaster. And the governor's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. I'm ashamed that I endorsed him. But you, I look at what's going on. It's so terrible. But what happened... In this election, Maria, I can't imagine has ever happened before. Um, Sam, I, clearly there is a proud tradition of Republicans who have uh, been important players in politics in this state for decades. What does this kind of talk do to uh, the Republican Party in Georgia? So for, first, Jim... Bill, if I can go back to, to Jim's first response, where he ably handled the issue on signatures, um, let me assure you that Brian Kemp has no superpowers as governor to supersede the decisions of the Secretary of State. Uh, secondly, if you're going to allege bribery, fraud, etc., you know I was an elected Republican for 18 years, but please show me some evidence. 
some, a scintilla, some evidence would be appreciated. Uh, I, I think per your question, Bill, the issue is this can, in fact, suppress Republican votes January 5. So when we talk about suppression of votes, which frankly hasn't come up in the news for the last two weeks, the only suppression of votes occurring now are the president's tweets discouraging Republicans for voting for Kelly and David January 5. And I think that's really very detrimental to their races. You know, um, I, I get that. Um, Raisa, let me bring you in and then I'll get Theron involved in the conversation. Um, the AJC reported this last week that uh, Ronna McDaniel, the, the chair of the Republican National Committee, uh, was at a rally in Georgia uh, trying to uh, uh, pump up support for Republicans to get out to the polls on January 5th to vote for Purdue and Leffler. And she got pushback from the crowd. There were people in the crowd saying the fix is in. The election is predetermined. Why should we vote? And she had to try to, as sternly as possible, insist they'd better get out. Now, this morning, we learn that Donald Trump Jr. has just launched a new super PAC. I don't know how much money there is in it. We haven't heard yet. And he's dropping the first commercial today, which is all about encouraging Republicans to go to the polls. But as Sam uh, Olins points out, Raisa, uh, this is this is not helpful to Leffler and Purdue. No, it isn't. Um, as Sam mentioned, it is uh, on the president's part a form of voter suppression. Once she's convinced a demographic of people that their vote. Um, was somehow disparaged, somehow discouraged, and somehow didn't count. Um, they're going to be uh, discouraged in coming out and casting their ballots. Um, to that same point, um, according to a Pew Center research poll, about 21 um, percent of Trump voters believe that the um, uh, elections were fair. Um, and that's also a concerning problem. It also trickles down to the fact that you have Senate races here um, that are going to decide whether or not Republicans uh, maintain control. Um, so it doesn't really bode well for his base here. Um, I view that uh, Don Jr.'s uh, attempt for a, a PAC um, to kind of reunite part of constituents and kind of get them rallied. But again, it's an uphill battle when you have a sitting president who's just um, disregarded uh, the elections process and has not actively said, well, this is true. This isn't true. So. Theron William. Yeah. You know, I don't usually get in the business of um, giving Republicans advice. You know, Sam, the former AG, makes a lot of money doing that in the state of Georgia. But I do have, you know, a couple Republican friends left after we beat Donald Trump in this presidential election. And what I would tell them, Bill, is to stop wasting your money. Uh, stop, stop spending money for this baseless, you know, recount, um, you know, this pact that Donald Trump Jr. has started. I agree with Sam that I think it runs the risk of suppressing the Republican votes. Another thing I want to say to all my Democratic listeners out there, you know, we have to make sure that we understand that we won this state. We won this election. And so don't get, a, don't get distracted. Uh, by this president, who is blaming everyone else but himself. I mean, Bill, when is President Trump going to blame himself? When are we going to say that he is the person that lost this election? Now, Joe Biden beat him and Kamala Harris in the ticket one, but he brought all this drama to himself. And so ultimately, I think it's a, a colossal 
waste of taxpayers' money for whatever we have to pay for during this sort of temper tantrum that the president saw. And also, it's a waste of time. I think at the end of the day, we have a very important election coming up, as you just talked about, Bill, where people need to make sure they're registered and people need to make sure they go out and vote. And so I think, you know, Republicans right now, lastly, uh, that's, that's a proxy war going on. And, and Sam knows this. It's a, you know, you're, are you with the governor? Are you with President Trump? Are you with the Speaker Ralston? Uh, are you with Kelly Leffler and David Perdue? I mean, if you're a Republican in the state of Georgia right now, you don't know which side to be on. And I think that's very unfortunate for them in the future. Uh, Sam, I think uh, Theron said what he said about you uh, with kind of a smile on his face. I think a good part of your practice is, in fact, not being a Republican political consultant, but I think you do work with municipalities regardless of their parties. And I just think we should give you that because I know Theron was just sort of taking an innocent, nevertheless, a jab at you, Sam. No, no. Bill, Bill, Bill me, me and the Attorney General, we have the great pleasure of representing uh, Cab County. He's done outstanding work for my favorite mayor, Mayor but, you know, you bring me on as a Democratic guy, so I have to, you know, jag it a little bit. I, I get it. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm not on, uh, on the program as the Republican. I'm on the program as common sense, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair way of putting it, Jim. Yeah, I think what you have to, I mean, uh, the, the one thing that's uh, remarkable from this weekend, of course, is, is that, and, and we saw this before with Brad Raffensperger, when, 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 uh, when, when Trump began attacking him, uh, Republicans in Georgia said nothing. Uh, in fact, you had uh, David Perdue and, and Kelly Loeffler uh, uh, demand his resignation, and they're, they're uh, Leffler was on TV over the weekend, kind of reiterating it with with uh, kind of but, but offering no explanation on why that was necessary. But but you haven't also haven't heard anybody stand up and defend Brian Kemp. You haven't heard Leffler, Purdue. Uh, they've they've it, it's 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 remarkable how uh, just how quiet and subdued they are in the face of a presidential tweet. I, I haven't I, I haven't seen a, a member of Congress. Uh, in in the mix yet, saying this is enough. Let's stop this. So, Jim, uh, we, we we believe that the president is coming to Georgia on Saturday. Um, I believe the vice president is scheduled to be here on Friday to uh, get out support for Leffler and Purdue. But you spent some time this weekend crunching some numbers that raise questions, and I'd love to get the rest of the panel in on this once you make your point, about the value of a Trump visit uh, right now. Tell us what you found when you looked at uh, votes for uh, uh, Purdue down-ballot Republicans as opposed to Trump. Well, you have to start with start with the presidential contest. Uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, got 49.25% of about 5 million ballots cast. Uh, Biden won... Uh, of uh, 49.51% of those same ballots. Okay, so if you go down to the next race, uh, David Perdue beat uh, Donald Trump in, in sheer no- number of votes by about 780. That's it's Out of 5 million, that's not really statistically uh, significant. But if you go down to the 14th, 14 uh, uh, races for U.S. House in Georgia, and you add, add up all the Republican votes 
that were cast. You'll, 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 first of all, you'll note that there was a drop-off, in total drop-off in ballots cast by 114,997. Uh, so it's, 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 that's not unusual. You, you do see ballot drop-off as you go down. Still, if you add up all of those ballots cast for Republicans in those 14 U.S. House races, you come up with 2,490,000 votes, enough to beat Joe Biden by about 16,000 votes. So, in in other words, you had almost 30,000 voters in Georgia who refused to, to vote for Donald Trump and then went and voted for a Republican member of Congress. And, and you can see the resiliency, that, that, that resil- resiliency carried down to the state Senate, where 53% of the ballots were, uh, were, were, were Republican, uh, cast for Republican ballots, and I think 52% in the U.S. House. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a matter, you know, in, in other words, pretty much every Republican genre finished better than Donald Trump in Georgia. And so, so you have to wonder yeah, Sam, what he brings to the table on Saturday. So, uh, Sam, first of all, I, I'd love for you to get you to weigh into that. But, but Sam, this also suggests something that we saw in other states where, um, you know, the U.S. House uh, did Democrats did not do well in elections around the country in the U.S. House, even though Joe Biden won the presidency by more than six million votes. So, I think it's pretty fair to say. That, that this question about what Trump brings when he comes in on Saturday uh, is framed by, is he less popular than many of the Republicans who were elected to office in down-ballot races here and elsewhere, Sam? So let me, let me phrase it a little different, Phil. If the president comes here Saturday and whines and complains against the secretary of state and the governor, that will cause more voter suppression. If the president comes here Saturday and talks about the merit of David Perdue and Kelly Leffler to return to the United States Senate, then I think he can actually encourage Republican and independent voters to vote, especially because there is a block of folks that like divided government, that like the ability to have a check between the president and the House and the Senate. So I think his performance Saturday will go a long way in either helping or hurting Kelly and David on January 5. Um, Theron, what's interesting about this in Senate race number one, particularly, it seems to me, is that David Perdue uh, uh, won, I think, just about 90,000 votes more than John Ossoff did. He had a substantial uh, uh, plurality of votes over uh, uh, Ossoff in that election. And so presumably, I mean, I know there's this traditional argument that if you come in first, you've already maximized your vote and it's the second place finisher who now has room to grow. I don't know if we still believe that theory is true, but certainly David Perdue goes into the runoff uh, seeming to be a more popular candidate than John Ossoff, Theron. Well, we also got to make sure we really listen to what, what Jim said. And, and as always, the chief does a very good um, story with a lot of scientific data to back up his point. And so I think if you really look at this in the context that David Perdue was a six-year U.S. senator, he was an incumbent. And many will say John Ossoff is not your normal sort of 
first-time statewide candidate. I mean, he had run unsuccessfully for Congress, so he came in with a built-in infrastructure for resources and also tremendous name ID. And so the fact that he is even in a runoff, him being David Perdue, Bill, I think is scary for his camp. And you're right. Traditionally, in the many runoffs that I've won in Georgia, uh, the second-place candidate, he or she usually is able to garner a lot of the votes that were not for the first-place finisher. I think Sam makes a good point. And, again, you know, um, I think Saturday is going to be a very telling um, sort of sign for what Republicans are truly wanting to do in Georgia. And Sam is right. If, if President Trump comes to this state, which I think he will do, and that is continue to push his own agenda, which continues to talk about voter fraud and sort of whining about this loss that he took in Georgia and other states, then, yeah, I think you're going to continue to see a lot of Republican suppression and voter suppression going off. But even if he comes down here and he talks about the record, I think David Perdue has got to be worried about the level of authenticity and humanization that John Ossoff adds. I think John Ossoff is not only defending himself, but he's also really pushing a lot of ads that really questions uh, the Senator Perdue's six-year record in, in the Senate. Um, Raisa, the advice that uh, Galloway and Theron Johnson are giving to uh, Donald Trump uh, is all well and good, but we've seen no sign in this post-election period that uh, President Trump uh, has any uh, part of him that is capable of talking about what a Leffler and a Purdue might be able to accomplish in this. And he, th- he has things that would be very appealing to Republican voters in Georgia if he showcases them on Saturday. He's, he's changed the face of the federal uh, judiciary, appointing more conservative judges than we've seen in this country uh, before. Uh, he is a pro-life uh, a president who knows that Purdue and Leffler are, uh, are running as pro-life uh, uh, candidates. Um, they're anti-affordable care. There are so many issues that this president could come into Georgia and talk about. I'm not suggesting these are issues that some of us on the panel may agree with, but these are issues that Republican voters could be motivated to cast ballots on. We've seen no sign that Trump is uh, ready to talk about issues. Uh, well, no, and I think that uh, kind of what he does, as we've seen uh, going far back before his presidential run, um, you think about uh, his birther campaign and birtherism and wanting to uh, prove that Barack Obama was just not a citizen. Um, so that's just what he does. I think he caters to um, his talking points. I'm not sure that... Um, his focus is necessarily in the past has truly been, you know, what's good for the Republican base as much as what's good for Donald Trump. And I think that, as Sam and Theron have mentioned, uh, this weekend's rally is um, make or break. He will have to cater to those bases and um, get them riled up and show why um, you should uh, reelect um, Purdue and elect Kelly Loeffler. Um, whether he will do that, MS history has shown us, it may not be a guarantee. Sam, Republicans have not controlled every constitutional office, the governor's mansion, the legislature for mm, 17 years now uh, because their policies are unpopular among Republican voters. Uh, clearly, uh, there are issues the president could talk about. Yes. 
Yeah, so, you know, look, it, it appears that the president's attack on the squad was very effective. And I presume the state Democratic Party is very concerned about the AOC wing of the party and the Biden wing of the party. Um, AOC's comments that you see on TV commercials now that um, talk about, you know, we need those two Senate seats so we don't have to negotiate is actually a nice play on a Republican commercial. I think if the president, as you said, Bill, were to put out the message on why it's so important that there's a check in the Senate, uh, it would encourage a lot of folks to vote. Uh, I frankly would be really surprised if the president does that. I, st I still think he's in the frame of mind to uh, criticize an attack. Yeah, the the problem, Sam. The problem with that is you can't you can't say that the Senate is the Republicans are needed in the Senate to to provide a check, uh, a necessary check, without acknowledging uh, that the that Trump lost the election, and that's where that's where Republicans, it, it's it's not as if they don't believe that, but they can't go there. For the same reason that Brian Kemp uh, just got attacked by the president yesterday. When, when you talk about the Georgia congressman, uh, I would allege or assert that the reason they're being quiet is they don't want the president uh, hurting their reelection hopes two years from now. All right, let's do this. Uh, let's get our first break of the show out of the way and come back uh, with a lot more to talk about on today's Political Rewind. Thanks for listening to Political Rewind. If you like this show, you'll also like Georgia Today. It's a daily podcast from GPB News, bringing you compelling stories and in-depth reporting that you won't hear anywhere else. Join me, Peter Biello, for this quick and convenient way to get the best of GPB News' extensive coverage of the topics that matter to you, delivered directly to your device every weekday afternoon. Jim Galloway, Sam Olin, Theron Johnson, Raisa Habersham joined me on Political Rewind uh, today. We should make note of the fact that, uh, yes, believe it or not, there is a runoff election, or a couple of runoff elections uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's so confusing. Uh, Theron Johnson happens to be involved in one of these elections, um, and, but I'll still let him explain uh, uh, what's going on here. We have a runoff in the 5th District Congressional race, right, Theron, which is only to fill uh, John Lewis's seat until the new Congress is sworn in in January when Nikita, Nikima Williams will become the uh, uh, congressperson from the 5th District. We have a 39th District State Senate uh, runoff. These are like separate elections. There's like complicated ways if you live in both of those districts to vote. Theron, I know you're working for one of the Senate, uh, or I don't know if you're working for, but you're supporting one of the candidates in the Senate race. I don't know how you get people out to the polls tomorrow. Well, the first thing is, you know, Bill, you were able to bring me on the show when, unfortunately, uh, my hero, Congressman Lewis, passed away. And many folks, including Jim and others, said, well, why are you pushing so hard to have this special election? Well, let's look at what the person, you know, either Kwanzaa Hall or Robert Franklin, whoever wins on Tuesday, is going to go to Washington to have to do. At a time when we know that there's millions and millions of people out of work, Bill, where we know that Congress has got to vote on whether or not they're going to extend stimulus checks to Georgians, uh, also, you know, passing the budget. 
I mean, these are just a host of a lot of things that are going to be so important from December 1 until January 3rd. And so I, I encourage everyone to go out and vote. We have two excellent candidates uh, running to uh, fulfill the unexpired term of uh, Congressman John Lewis. And then as far as the state Senate District 39, this is a Senate seat that really is awesome. I mean, it runs through five cities within Fulton County. Uh, it, it was represented by uh, now former state representative, I mean, sorry, state Senator Nakima Williams. And yes, you are right. I am financially supporting uh, one of the candidates in the race, Sonia Halpern. Uh, but I just want to encourage everyone to, to definitely go out and vote uh, tomorrow. It, and one good thing about it, Bill, there should not be any long lines. And so everyone should be able to go right in and have <laughs> a sip of water and then go and vote. So please go out and vote tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just want to add that in addition to that state senate race, in addition to the fifth district congressional race, I believe we have a a, a race for district attorney uh, in the uh, in the Athens Clark County Oconee district uh, uh, yeah, to finish absolutely. up. Absolutely. Uh, the the yeah. the um, the runoff for PSC is the one that that has been shifted uh, to uh, to uh, January five. Yes, uh, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, used some emergency powers to make sure that there wouldn't be yet another uh, runoff election before then. Uh, Sam, all of this unfolds even as the counties across the state, including counties where these special elections are taking place tomorrow, are in the midst of the runoff, which the Trump campaign, I mean, I'm sorry, the recount, which the Trump campaign uh, asked to take place, as is their right, since uh, the vote was certified with him uh, losing by less about 0.5 percent, which gives him the right to ask for uh, the recount. I don't know what it's like for your folks up in Cobb County, Sam, but election workers deserve some credit for the unbelievable amount of time and energy they've been putting in to uh, these elections. Yeah. Well, they deserve credit, even if there weren't a pandemic. The pandemic just acts just just adds to the stress and the and the anxiety. Uh, I don't think we've had a situation in Georgia where there's been so much action required of uh, election workers than we're witnessing now. The other issue, Bill, is you know you have that lawsuit where the federal judge yesterday stated there would be an in-person hearing where one of the asks among many uh, is frankly to not let. Uh, the state wiped the machines clean before the January 5 election. And, you know, if you don't wipe the machines clean, you can't vote on the machines January 5. So, um, you know, the judge that has that case is very bright, very sharp. I have the utmost confidence in him. Uh, but I think there are some activities. Some of these lawsuits are literally meant as much to create confusion and doubt is they are based on any type of legal theory. Yeah, Jim, we should point out that the lawsuits, of course, are almost all coming from the Trump campaign. The one uh, yesterday, uh, which a judge has agreed to take up, keep preserving the uh, votes in all the machines from November 3rd's election. Um, but there are other lawsuits. Lynn Wood, attorney here in uh, Georgia, has been working uh, with Sidney Powell, uh, saying there are more lawsuits to be filed here in the state. And some of the theories are uh, questionable, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, and I want to emphasize what Sam was just saying. You have to wonder how much of this is simply a, uh, a very, uh, an overt disinformation campaign. 
that's that's aimed at aimed at uh, just at muddying the water so much that uh, that 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 people just don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, and that is, I, that's I think oh. the m- most dangerous thing that's that's uh, that's uh, that's that's out there. Okay, I want to finish up talking about how the uh, Trump campaign and his supporters who say the election was a fraud uh, may impact uh, the runoff election, the Senate runoff election. But then I want to move on and talk about how the president's campaign may be affecting Joe Biden himself. So to put a finishing touch on this, um, uh, Theron, Republicans always win runoff elections in Georgia. That is history, and we all know that. Uh, by all odds, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue historically should be the winners of this election. How much in doubt is that history, uh, given what's happening right now? Uh, I mean, it's very much in doubt. Um, listen, Bill, there were people a month out from the presidential campaign in Georgia when I was telling them that we were going to not only went back to White House, but Georgia was going to be a blue again, and folks didn't believe it. And so I think, you know, all the panelists today would agree with me is that you can't really look at this from a traditional lens, meaning the turnout was so high. We have so many newly registered voters. As you mentioned at the top of the show, we have 900 roughly people out there right now who's requested absentee ballot. And so this new coalition, this Biden coalition, and I got to also give credit to Michael Thurman, he calls it the Corona coalition, right? These are diverse group of people that are geographically diverse, demographically diverse, that I believe that are going to ultimately elect these two Democrats as their U.S. senators, because I believe that you have an unpopular president, you have a very two, you know, two popular Democrats who are running right now who are running a very moderate campaign, so they're not scaring off Republicans. I think they'll be able to appeal to a lot of disaffected Republicans. And then another shout-out to the chief. I mean, great journalism. And while we know that the African-American vote and Georgia was pivotal to our win, right? We know that the Hispanic vote increased. We know that the Asian vote increased. But we could not have done this without some good white people. And we got some good white people, particularly disaffected Republicans in the suburbs who voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I believe that a lot of those voters will come back and ultimately vote for Ossoff and Warnock. Sam, final word on this. Do you believe that uh, the, the, the tradition of Republicans winning uh, runoffs is being uh, uh, really challenged by uh, uh, it, perhaps the base, on the basis of what, which candidates have the better messages, but also by the way the Trump campaign is behaving? Yeah, candidly, I, you know, the, when you look at the TV commercials, they're all attacking each other generally rather than saying why you should vote for them, another form of voter suppression. So I, I don't... Uh, I think voters are in particular listening to the messages. I wish that would change. I wish the commercials would change in that regard. Um, you know, we'll know, I guess, January 9 or 8, whether Theron's right or wrong. I don't really know. think there's any way to, to know the answer to that question. All right. Um, Jim, let's move on to talk about the other side of what's happening with the president's ongoing campaign uh, uh, calling the election a fraud. Uh, As I said a little while ago, and as most people know, Joe Biden won this election by more than six million popular votes and still counting. Um, That by almost any measure would be considered a mandate for governing and give him under what normal times used to be a lot of power to enact his agenda. But two things have happened. 
that uh, put that in question. Number one, it's the extreme partisanship that now locks Washington uh, into Republicans uh, battling Democrats over everything. And second, the president has convinced a significant percentage of Americans, most of them Republicans, that Joe Biden is el- it will be an illegitimate president if, in fact, uh, the Electoral College gives him the votes. How, how dangerous is this for uh, Biden and how dangerous is it for the country? Well, I think it's exceedingly – I don't know how dangerous it is for Joe Biden. It's exceedingly uh, uh, dangerous for the rest of us. Uh, basically, I mean, uh, Biden and, and Washington in general is frozen by the fact – by, by, by these two January 5th runoffs because we don't know who will control the Senate. And thus, we don't know what the position of, of Republicans in Washington will be. Will, uh, will, will McConnell uh, 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 vow to make, make sure that Biden is a one-term president again? Okay. But what we, what, we have, what we have building right now in, uh, w- with, with Donald Trump, uh, and I don't know if, uh, about the rest of you, but since November 3rd, my, my, the volume of my email f- fundraising emails from the Trump, uh, from Trump world have increased. They have not decreased. What, what, you, what yeah. you see building is Donald Trump creating kind of an anti-presidency where he is going yeah. to be this voice on the outside uh, uh, raising doubts about every move that Joe Biden makes and, again, paralyzing the Republicans, Republicans who might want to, 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 to cooperate with him in some sort of centrist platform. Well, Raisa, that's what I mean when I say how dangerous is this for Joe Biden? I mean, to what extent can you accomplish an agenda by anything other, assuming that the Senate remains in the hands of Republicans, which is a big if? Uh, I mean, we're going to see uh, a presidential administration by executive order uh, uh, going forward. Raisa? Yes, I think that, that will be difficult definitely very difficult for um, him to pass through any policies, especially if um, you have the Senate being controlled by Republicans. Um, I don't doubt that he probably would pass some things through um, executive order, but, you know, you think back on uh, where we've seen kind of a delay in transition before, you think back to um, the Bush administration, um, and it's been reported that uh, because there was a delay in transition that that likely led to um, security holes in 9-11, um, leading to 9-11. Um, I'm not sure if that will be the case in this situation. Um, I think the key concern still remains COVID, as it probably will continue through perhaps 2022. Um, I think that what, what will happen um, and what some are hopeful for, as Theron said, is that um, we are in a different time frame um, in which voter, Georgia voters are energized, and so they will likely head to the polls and cast ballots for um, uh, Warnock and Ossoff, um, especially in a political climate that is uh, clouded with misinformation. Um, so I think we'll probably see that play out um, in the coming weeks as uh, we head out to our early vote. Theron? Yeah, I, I think, look, the, the, the thing that's really interesting here is, if I may just be honest, as a person who's run statewide campaigns before, and I think, Sam, you know, having run statewide before and been on the ballot as an attorney general, you know, the, the water is deep and cold. 
uh, once you get outside 285. So we really don't know what the voters are really thinking. I will tell you this, though, Bill. I think that if you are a rural voter and you look at – there was a recent New York Times um, article that came out that showed that the uh, Democrats did better in some blue counties and I mean, you started red counties in Georgia than we've, than we've done historically. And if you really look at what those counties were, we did better in southwest Georgia and did better in southeast Georgia. And I think we have outstanding mayors and county commissioners and Democratic sheriffs in those areas that are going to drive up a turnout. But ultimately, I just believe that I agree that COVID-19 is still the dominant issue. Uh, people are dying from this, uh, this deadly disease. And at a time where we know that you know, we start seeing places like Idaho and South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, Los Angeles is getting ready to shut down. Uh, I think Georgians still care very deeply about what is the plan to lead us out of this deadly pandemic in the Biden administration. So I think, you know, I got to applaud uh, the president-elect and the vice president-elect for coming out and being bold and honest with the American people about the plans for not just to restore uh, economic prosperity in the economy, but also making sure that the American people feel we have a plan to deal with this deadly pandemic. Theron, before we take a break, we've talked about uh, Pence and Trump presumably coming to Georgia for Leffler and Purdue. Uh, there's been talk about uh, Biden making a campaign visit here. There are some people who have suggested it's not a great idea, given the narrowness of the margin of victory that he won here. Uh, as, as someone who is a senior advisor to the Georgia campaign, do you want Joe Biden to come down here and, and work on behalf of Ossoff uh, and Warnock? Yes, I want him to come down because he won this state. And I think as we continue to you know, count these votes, he's gaining more and more votes. Uh, every single day. I think that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, let's not leave her out, uh, Bill, and also, you know, B.O., you know, as we call him, you know, former President Barack Obama. I suspect that you will probably see, if not all three of those individuals, you'll at least see maybe one or two of them come down here at the appropriate time to stump for these two Democratic U.S. Senate candidates. And you know what? what, what what's going to be interesting is, is, is where that where that event is held. You know, right. if it's if it's Biden, do you hold it? Do you hold it in Gwinnett, North Fulton, or or Cobb County somewhere, uh, to 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 beg those white voters to come out again? Galloway, you want them in Cobb County so you don't have to drive very far to get to the event. We know that. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right. With that in mind, uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back with more political rewind. Uh, before we pick up our conversation, uh, I want to say now uh, what I would not want to run out of time to get to a little later. Our good friend Martha Zoller, uh, who does a radio show and has been doing one for a long time up in uh, Gwinnett County and who has been involved in politics. She ran for Congress in this state for many years. I think we all know her very well. She's uh, not been doing well. She's in the hospital. And uh, so, Jim Galloway, I know you wanted to join me in wishing Martha the best possible uh, speedy recovery that uh, she can have. We're thinking about her, aren't we, Jim? Right, right. She, no, she says she's going to be back on air. It's just going to take a little while for her to get back. Just a little problem with uh, an abscessed Good. lung, I think. Yeah, something like that. All right, Martha, we're thinking about you. Um, Theron, I'm going to give you a shot at this because I know this is an issue that matters to you. I'm going to play a soundbite 
uh, that from President Trump, again, part of this interview he did with Maria Bartiromo, and I want to talk about the implications of it in terms of what he's had to say about Atlanta and other uh, majority black cities. Here's Trump. We won the election easily. There's no way Joe Biden got 80 million votes. I just said there's no way Joe Biden beat Barack Obama in the black communities of various cities. And then he did very badly compared to Obama in other cities throughout the United States. There's no way it happened. This This election was a fraud. Theron, the suggestion that he is making there, and he said it more explicitly, is that it was fraud among black voters in cities. And in a tweet, he said very recently, Biden did poorly in big cities except those of Detroit, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Milwaukee. Not surprisingly, they're all located in the most important swing states and are long known for being politically corrupt. Um, There's no question that this is an attack on black voters in your mind, yes? Well, you know, I think we roughly got 50 days until uh, this this man, uh, this president who promotes racism and bigotry at every opportunity uh, for him to leave the White House. Um, and, and that's really what I have to say about this. I mean, this is another claim to a lot of my friends who are Republicans when they defend Donald Trump and say that he's not racist, when they defend him and say, well, he's a businessman. And, yeah, he tweets racist things and he, you know, he's a bigot. Uh, but I, I vote for him for whatever reason because I want a conservative government. Well, you know this is a this is a blatant attack on cities that are ran uh, by African American mayors uh, to basically say that their cities are corrupt and to basically to attack these cities out of all and Bill. I'm so happy you mentioned that these were battleground cities that Democrats have been working in for years. I mean, we've been working hard since 2016 for this moment to elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as president and vice president. And so, you know, I'll just be so happy when this this man who, again, every turn promotes racism and bigotry in this country and to try to bring people together. Sam, I want to do a fact check with you on this, given that you were attorney general for what, six plus years. Um, I do not believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that we have had any more corruption in Atlanta government or Atlanta elections than we may have seen under normal circumstances, kind of small amounts of it across a state. Am I right about that from your point of view? You know, I don't think there's really any good data to, 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 to make such an allegation. I think the only thing that uh, I think is uh, pressing in Atlanta now um, is the increased homicide rate, which is not alone for Atlanta during the pandemic, uh, and uh, some real serious concerns about the vitality and health of downtown Atlanta. Um, you know, we we never, frankly, needed to worry about the health and vitality of downtown Atlanta, the conventions, etc. I think the restaurants, the hotels, the uh, the businesses in downtown are, are hurting uh, a lot at the moment, and I think that that's really a very pressing issue. Um, it's interesting, by the way, Sam, you mentioned the restaurants. John Ossoff has just launched a commercial, a, a, a talking-in-the-camera commercial, saying we need to help our restaurants. It's probably a clever move, given that the hospitality industry is suffering and is looking for somebody to show support for them, Sam. You know, Doug Hertz, uh, a friend of many of ours, put together an initiative where folks contributed money 
uh, and the money went uh, for uh, food from restaurants to the uh, first responders and healthcare workers that were saving so many lives at the moment. And it was a great, great cause. It might be something good to, to put out at some point, either, you know, Jim on your jolt or Bill on your show. But that initiative is frankly very strong for assisting restaurants. Uh, as well as for folks that uh, uh, are, are saving lives every day and, and could use some strength, some food during the day. I love that. Maybe after the runoff election, we should do something with Doug Hertz about and some of the others involved in that. Thanks for pointing that out. Right. So when you hear the president uh, talk about uh, fraud, especially uh, singling out uh, black major majority cities, uh, how, what does that conjure up in you? You know, sadly, it's not surprising. Um, this is not the first time that he's attacked Atlanta in particular. Um, shortly after he was elected, he did call Atlanta crime-ridden. Um, he had so many negative things to say about Congressman John Lewis's district, specifically uh, Atlanta, which is majority black. So his comments, unfortunately, are not surprising. Um, that is how he's riled up his base. That's uh, if you look back, I mentioned birther, his birtherism movement earlier. Um, that is how he's kind of rallied support throughout the years by um, heightening uh, constituents into thinking that, oh, these black and brown people are dangerous. These black and brown people are trying to take your job. That's his talking point. Um, so that's just been who he is, unfortunately, through the years. Um, you mentioned um, John Ossoff and his campaign for small owned, uh, small business owners, specifically restaurants. Um, we kind of saw that play out this weekend um, with when he decided to go to Slutty Vegan and you had uh, his opponent endorse Waffle House. Um, and there's this clear division there um, that doesn't just, uh, you don't just see it in Trump, you see it trickled kind of down to the party. Um, just this tone deaf message of, well, yeah, John Ossoff can uh, support this small mom and pop, you know, and I'm going to be dismissive of it, but I eat at Waffle House, a corporate chain. Um, and so it just really speaks to the disconnect between the Republican Party and uh, black and brown voters. Thank you for that, Ray. So, Jim, as we uh, come down to the last uh, minute and a half or so of the show, uh, one of the other interesting things, I know we've been very Trump-heavy on the show, but the fact of the matter is he's making a lot of news and a lot of it relates specifically to Georgia. There is now a report that he may decide to launch his 2024 bid for the White House on Inauguration Day as counter-programming to Joe Biden, and there are reports that there are advisors in the White House trying to talk him out of this. Raisa said it earlier, we are far from being done with Donald Trump anytime soon for those who want him gone, and those who support him will be thankful for that. Jim? No, no. This is this is exactly what I've I've, I've been talking about. We've got uh, we we see forming right in front of our eyes an anti-presidency, and and how much how much uh, uh, bandwidth he's able to soak up is going to be very very interesting. And how and who's going to give that bandwidth to him? Does he does he establish his own TV network? Uh, does he go? Does he rely on Fox News? Maybe not. Uh, it, it this is. Uh, you're right. It, it, nothing is over yet. Nothing is over. 
Jim Galloway gets the final word on today's show. Jim, I'll see you again on Friday. Sam Olins, Theron Johnson, Raisa Habersham, thank you all for being with me today for a Political Rewind. Uh, we'll be back again with a show again, of course, tomorrow. Uh, and I hope you will join us. Until then, take care, stay healthy, and wear a mask. See you tomorrow.